1: Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. In this podcast today, I interview Dr. Shafali on her new book, A Radical Awakening, on how to turn pain into power, how to embrace your truth and live free, and so much more. But before we dive into this wonderful interview, I just want to remind you that these podcasts are for educational purposes and not medical advice. And just before we begin, for more free tips to help you with your mental health, sign up for my newsletter at drleaf.com. The link will be in the show notes. And when you sign up, you'll get a free cleaning up your mental mess workbook to download. And now on to today's episode. Dr. Shefali, thank you so much for joining me again today. We just recently had a Wonderful conversation, very very insightful about the importance of our radical awakening as women and really recognizing the power that is in within us and how and not just the, in in the in a woo woo sense in the reality that we've been so conditioned by society, so conditioned as to what we should look like as a woman, but you helping to free women to recognize who they truly are. So welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Just briefly tell us a little bit about who you, know, a little bit more about who you are and let's dive into your book.
0: Oh, Thank you for having me. Yes, so I'm I'm a clinical psychologist. I work with a lot of people and help people to become their most healed selves. And I help people through the therapeutic journey. And I've written five books. My latest one that we're going to talk about today is called A Radical Awakening. My other books were on parenting and how to raise our children consciously. So yes, I'm most excited to talk about this book because It's deeply personal to me what we women go through, because as little girls, we were so conditioned to play small and to be quiet and dim our light. And this is why and how we participate in the toxicity of the patriarchy that exists today. So if we want things to change outside, we need to stop playing our role of diminishing ourselves, of putting ourselves last, of pretending like we don't know when we know. And the more we step into our power, the more the toxicity of the patriarchy will dissolve. So it's incumbent on us women to rise into our authentic power because we need to teach our sons and our daughters how to be their most free selves. Absolutely. And we, we need to be that model for them.
1: Brilliant. Uh, That's just so vitally important. It's a message that we need to speak more of. And I'm so glad that you've raised the controlling issue of the patriarchy and how we're going to have to change that from within because it's not acceptable. And it comes from us understanding who we are. And that is such an important concept because otherwise we just stay the same and we perpetuate patterns. Now you talk a lot about patterns and deconstructing patterns. And I love that because As a neuroscientist, I've spent years researching the mind-brain connection and part of my work has been how memories form, how thoughts form, how long it takes to form a habit, how long it takes to form those thought patterns that actually then influence how we function and can we change them. And so I know we can and and I'm so excited to see that you talk about this in a very, very practical way. So let's talk a little bit about the concept of deconstructing patterns. I just want to read something that you talk about in your book, a quote. You talk about... Deconstructing patterns, this may be one of my most profound insights as a therapist. We don't live a life, we live a pattern. Please take that away because that is just brilliant.
0: Well, you know, as a therapist and having worked with innumerable people, you begin to notice these themes that keep showing up. And I began to see that all of us in childhood were plagued by this thirst and craving and hunger to be seen for who it is we were. But because we were raised by unconscious parents, our parents forced us and pigeonholed us to become who they wanted us to become, their fantasies and their expectations, so much so that it was conditional because if we did not receive that love and worth from them, then we would be empty from inside. So we learned from a young age that we need to, enter a new state of being, an inauthentic way of being in order to get that love and worth. And that's what we've been trying to do all our lives is get this love and worth, but we don't realize that we have been inauthentic. So this pattern that we create comes from this hunger from childhood, and we keep recreating these same situations that we had in childhood that replicate the emotional experiences from the past. And until we realize that that's what we're doing, we're just replicating the emotional experiences from the past. We will just keep entering one dysfunctional relationship from the other and wondering why we can't be lucky in love or why we can't be lucky at work. It's because we're repeating the same emotional experience of being hungry for love
1: and worth. That's such a good explanation. I talk about self mind management and self-regulation, and that's essentially what you are saying, is we we can just unconsciously repeat those patterns and just live out a life, but it breeds this tremendous dissatisfaction. You talk about the bitterest pill that we've swallowed and we replay those patterns in our life. But we can change that. We have this incredible ability to change, but without the knowledge of knowing what to change or how to look at things differently, we won't change. So you talk a lot about that. Can you explain someone who's listening now, who's feeling, hey, that's me, I relate. How can I start changing this? Obviously, they're going to get the details from your book, but if you can just lead us into a bit of an explanation there.
0: Yeah, so the first part of this book is called Asleep in the Matrix. And what that means is that we've been raised in this bubble, in this matrix, this cultural ambiance that tells us how to be. And a lot of what we have been told of how to be is a lie. And one of the greatest lies that we've ingested, which is what I call the pill that kills, is the lie of our unworthiness. We have believed that we are unworthy. And culture keeps telling us that we are unworthy by making us feel insecure if we are not this image and ideal of perfection. And our families made us feel unworthy when we were not pretty enough or not skinny enough or not getting the best grades at school or not a good girl enough or not obedient enough. So all these ways have contributed to a great sense of unworthiness where we feel that who I am as I am is not going to get me the love and belonging and worth that I want. So I have to fake it. I have to develop this mask, this inauthentic way in order to compensate for this lack of worth. So the second part of my book is called Confronting the Shadow, where we literally go deep into the archetypes that we girls have inherited, the archetype of the giver or the controller or the taker. And it's a beautiful way to deconstruct our patterns, to see the masks that we've been wearing and how they have been obstructing us from finding true inner power. And then the third part of the book is called Owning our sexuality. And then the fourth part is breaking out of the matrix, cracking the matrix. I talk about the lies of love, the lies of beauty and youth, the lies of marriage and divorce, the lies around niceness. And until we break free from these toxic belief systems, we will not enter the last part of the book that I talk about, which is awakening from the matrix. So this book kind of lays out a journey for us to go on, to go deep into our childhoods, to understand our patterns, to get in touch with our sexuality, to break free of cultural beliefs or misbeliefs, and then to come on the other side with a more sovereign sense
1: of who it is we are. Beautiful overview of the book. That's fantastic. This episode is brought to you by Public Goods, the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from coffee to toilet paper and shampoo to pet food. Public Goods is your new everything store, thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Public Goods searches the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly and innovative products. I just placed an order for a ton of pastas, sauces, spices and oils and cannot wait to get cooking. Public Goods is also a great place to get beautifully packaged gifts for friends and family. They ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives, still common on drug and grocery store shelves. They are committed to making their products healthy and safe for humans, animals, and the environment. I worked out an awesome deal just for my listeners. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they're giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. Plus, right now, receive your choice of either a free pack of bamboo straws or reusable food storage wraps with your order. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com forward slash DrLeaf or use the code DrLeaf at checkout. That is P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash Leaf to receive $15 off your first order. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. Did you know about 80% of the brain is made up of water? For this reason, water is an essential nutrient the brain depends on to maintain optimal function. When our brains don't receive enough water, many negative effects can result such as concentration and memory problems, brain fatigue, and brain fog, headaches, sleep issues, and more. One way my family and I love staying hydrated is by using LMNT electrolytes. LMNT is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. LMNT is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited to folks following a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet. LMNT contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio with none of the junk. No sugar, no colouring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I particularly love their chocolate salt and watermelon salt. For a limited time, you can claim a free LMNT sample pack. All you have to do is pay for shipping. To claim the special offer, just go to drinklmnt.com forward slash drleaf. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. Let's dive into a couple of those aspects. I think people would love to know maybe some of the archetypes and maybe how they've kept you in the matrix and then how, you know, maybe it's one example that you can take through a thread.
0: So one of the key archetypes that we women have is of the giver. And the giver has four faces, the victim, the martyr, the empath, or the saviour. So pick one, and most women have some tones of this. So the reason we develop these archetypes is, as I said just now, is an inauthentic way to get love and worth. So if we feel insecure in a, current, in a particular dynamic, say at work, if you are a giver, the way you will handle the feeling of insecurity is to overcompensate it through service. You will enmesh yourself with the other and seek validation from the other through service so you either feel too many feelings that they're feeling or you try to rescue them and cure them or you try to just do endless acts of service and what happens in the process when you do this from an inauthentic place is that you burn out you get exhausted totally.
1: you're not,
0: and then you get resentful you get bitter because you're giving with an agenda to get love and worth but the people at your work don't know you're giving out of that agenda So they're just going to take, and then you get get this feeling that you've been taken advantage of. But the truth is no one has taken advantage of you. You have just been playing out that role because you were feeling insecure, but you didn't realize that you were feeling insecure. So a healthier way would be to notice when you feel insecure and then get help, go for coaching and then get to the roots of what am I believing right now? That's making me feel insecure. I'm believing something that is probably false that is making me feel insecure. So, this is how you pay attention to your patterns. You get to understand your archetype. You see it in play and then you disrupt the pattern.
1: Mm, that's fantastic. That's so, it's so logical, so real. And I talk about a process with my patients as well when I was practicing and the system that I've developed of the self regulation where you've got to become aware, but you've got to go beyond awareness. And I'm hearing you say that, you know, the first of all is you're going to have to actually, what are you doing? How are you showing up? And then you're yeah. going to have to go and you give them the language of like the different archetypes. So just sometimes you don't know where to start. So that's what's really nice about, don't you find that? I mean, you absolutely. Just-
0: People need words for their emotional experiences. If Emotions are chaotic. They are fleeting. They are, you know, impermanent, they're changing, right? So they come up and they go down. So you need words for your experience. And that's what I just, I just told a whole class yesterday that that's what I do for my people is I give you words. But the integration and the action has to be yourself. So I'm going to show you what's happening. I'm going to mirror your experiences. I'm going to reflect and show you, turn the spotlight and, and show you where the disruptions are, where the glitches are. But you're going to have to then take that and integrate it and implement it in your life. But, you know, helping people develop a narrative of their experience is so important. And, and to teach, teach them that, oh, this is what's probably happening for you. So awareness is the first step. And then the second step is to accept where we are. I call it, to, call it the acceptance of the isness and how important that is to accept where we are. Don't resist it. And then the third step is action. And the action comes through in the choices we make. So when we're about to make our next choice, we have to ask, am I making this choice out of authentic freedom, out of authentic empowerment, or am I stuck in a pattern and I'm just going around the hamster wheel? And so we, we must do this self-reflection in order to disrupt patterns and to make new neural pathways for new behaviors to take place and sediment themselves.
1: Mm, so good. You know, the work that I just, my most recent clinical trial, we were actually showing the gamma peaks, which is basically what you've, it's all the science behind what you've just said, where if you don't start with self-regulation and if you don't go through a persistent work, because you've stressed there, you can show the person the pattern, you can give them the words, but the person's going to actually have to go and do the work of, okay, that's my awareness, that's where I'm at. And you're going to give an overview of the narrative. But they know the detail, but they're going to have to do the work of unpacking the detail within the framework of the narrative. And that takes time. And, you know, you should be showed that after 21 days, that's not enough time to change behavior. That's just enough time to unpack the narrative, literally, and to start seeing a new view. But then you're going to have to actually implement the narrative. And that's another 42 days. I showed with my research it takes 63 days to change behavior. You know, and to build habits, we all think, OK, one, you know, they can read your book and it's done or right. they can, you know, oh, that's my archetype. You've given me that. OK, I'm done. Why am I not fixed? It's that work. And I'm very pleased that you stress that, that you can show the narrative, you can give the language, you can give the framework. But it's up to the individual to then dive in and actually work through what that narrative means and how it should change, how yes. you want your, your, how you want yourself, your future to play out into your future
0: exactly and taking ownership you know of our lives is so difficult because when we were raised as children we were pretty much disempowered we were told which school to go to who to believe in as a god who to marry how to marry so that took away our own connection with our knowing so we were told to follow we were told to follow the prescription follow culture's mainstream ways and in doing that we split apart from our own inner knowing. We divorced our own knowing. So now as adults, to take ownership of our lives is a very foreign concept because we've been, trained, we've been trained for decades to be passive, to wait, to get permission, to languish, to think there'll be somebody who'll come and rescue us. So it's a big paradigm shift to realize, oh, no one is coming. The healing has to be in my hands. I need to end the passivity and the codependency and the enmeshment in my life. And I need to wake up to my activity, to my active potential and actively back myself and have my own back and be my own parent and be my own guru and heal myself.
1: That's so good. Now, you've obviously worked for years with patients and you've obviously been driven to to write this book from your own experience working with people and and perhaps in your own life have you seen this shift occurring and and what does it i mean what does it look like do people battle to make this shift because you've intimated that they do and did you go through that yourself was is there a personal story behind this this wisdom that you are now giving everyone
0: Well, you know, I've been on a spiritual path since I was 21. So since 21 and now I'm 48, I've gone through many journeys and many iterations, many unfoldings till I've arrived at this place. So I believe to answer your question, there are many regressions and progressions. And 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 you get you 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 want to answer the call and then you deny the call. Then you start again and you stop. And that's part of the unfolding. But I do see that when you do go through the birthing canal and allow yourself to shed the old dysfunction and come out at the other end with a new sense of healing and integration, that there is great freedom there. When you realize that culture has been indoctrinated to shame and to guilt you and to put you down and that that is a lie, now you freed yourself from culture's ways. Now culture doesn't have a hold on you anymore. People's opinions don't matter as much. So this is how you can break the paradigm. But it does take many fits and starts, many progressions and regressions before you finally emerge into the new and that's okay that's that's the way
1: of the way that is the way of the way i love that the regressions and the progressions and yes. that's the way of the way but when people are in the midst of that they'll often say and i know you've heard this because i've heard this a million times i can't do this it's too hard and the other one everyone's telling me this but yes. you know everyone's saying this and then my answer is always well if it's everyone's saying it then this is the, this hard work of change the regression the progression the falling back the moving forward. That is part of the journey, and until we accept that, we can't really move forward. We're just going to kind of go backwards ten steps and forward one, and you know, and there's tremendous frustration which will block us. That's been my experience. I don't know if you have had that. Sort of verbalizing what what you've also seen and perhaps experienced. Yes, for
0: sure. And I always tell people, you know, everyone says they want to change, but change involves a death.
1: Oh, yeah, that's good.
0: It involves a big release a letting go, an end, a completion. And so when, I, when people come to me and they say they want to change, I ask them, well, what you're saying is you want to die to your old self. Are you, are you ready? And they're not ready. They just want the people in their life to change. They don't want to change. Yeah, yeah. Because change <laughs> it's everyone involves, else's fault. <laughs> right. Because change involves a massive release and a letting go. And that takes grieving. That takes a great sense of maturity and wisdom to detach and to to end the pattern. And people are not ready for that. So they think that they can, you know, it's like a new diet. You can be on the new diet, but you you also want to be on the old diet. It doesn't work like that. Something has to go in order for something new to come in. And this is where people get stuck. It's in the letting go of the old, that there's a huge hiccup.
1: Because it's so comfortable. It's so comfortable. And it's also, I think, very hard for people to say, oh, gosh, that was wrong. The way I was brought up, there were so many elements that were wrong. People feel guilt, shame, frustration. And, oh, what is my my family going to save? I'm so different. And, you know, that's a very difficult one to navigate, isn't it?
0: Yes, because we've, again, been raised in very enmeshed, codependent systems of that we call family. So our sense of worth is dependent on our father's approval or our mother's permission. And that's what needs to change. We have to grow away from that enmeshment and codependence. We can still be connected, but we have to take out all that enmeshment, which is why we don't make changes in our lives, because we're afraid of the father's disapproval or the mother's disapproval. And that's why that's not healthy connection or the group. You're right. That's not healthy connection. That's unhealthy connection. In order to have healthy connection, you need to break the unhealthy dysfunctional enmeshment.
1: That's the hard part. You know, that's the being able to say, okay, well, I don't want to be part of that group or their opinion, their opinion about me. It doesn't, it's, what is the truth? What's the truth for me? And that's a period, as you say, of grieving. I'm glad you brought that up because there is going to be a period of grieving when you choose to realize, okay, their opinion has hurt me that they don't accept me or whatever, but I have to release that. I have to accept that that's a process I have to go through. And that leads to that grieving. People don't like to grieve though. They don't like to grieve. It's a horrible, hard process, but a death means grieving.
0: Well, change and change means an invitation for the new. So how will we make space for the new if everything is full? You know, so if you want a new car, you got to clean out your garage. You know, it's just basic physics. If something new has to come in, something old has to die. So there's space for the new birth. So people don't want to grieve because it brings up all this discomfort. It makes us, makes us feel like we're the bad guy. And, you know, especially for women, who've been trained to want to be the good girl, the perfect girl, being the bad guy is an anathema. And that's why good girls don't enter conflicts, don't speak up. They don't raise their voice. They don't make any trouble because of that old conditioning that to be good is the highest virtue.
1: Jack, it doesn't make you mad when you're in a discussion and you, and you see a group of men and women, and there's a discussion. I'm sure you as a scientist, you've experienced this as a woman in science and I've had this so many times. They'll go up, like for example, they'll go up to my husband and say, Hi, Dr. Leaf. And say, no, no, my wife's the doctor, you know, that kind of thing, or you get overspoken, or just your your opinion just gets there's too much of it. And we mustn't stand back. And if you stand out and you do say, Hey, no, this is what I believe, and you get firm, you considered the loud woman or too aggressive, or right. we've got to we've got to just throw that out the door and be ourselves because we have to contribute. Otherwise it's a completely distorted world that we live in, which it is.
0: Right. It's distorted because it's unchecked. It's unchecked because because the toxic males are getting away with just their bad behavior. And we are not rising in our power to say, hey, fall back. It's my turn. And, and the only way we can do that is not by waiting for them to give us space, but for us by taking space. And we, we but we don't have to do it through anger or through domination. We have to do it through our inner power. When we feel powerful from inside, we will show up for ourselves. It doesn't have to be through some angry movement or protest. It just needs to be through this gentle uprising and uproar of our
1: own inner power. I love you said that. And that's absolutely amazing because it's what you're saying is that healthy inside shines outside. And we see that with Psychoneurobiology. So, when you look at the mind brain body connection, when someone is operating, your brain's divided into 200 different sections on top of the lobes and the hemispheres, and each is specially connected. And each person, male, female, each and every one of us has our own unique connections and are making a unique contribution. And what you're saying, I mean, this is just the science side. What you're saying, if I understand you, is when you release your essence, when you have this inner awakening, that is going to create a whole neurophysiological response that then generates a whole different energy from you. And people don't. People are very drawn by that. It's it's that it's the whole hey that confidence that I can I believe this and that's what I hear you saying when your essence is being developed. Even if it takes a whole life, as you said, it's a journey. But as we recognize, hey, I don't have to be run by that opinion. That doesn't. I am valid in what I am saying. This is truth to me. And you, and you say it'll just come out in a way that is that works with who you are as a person, and it grabs people's attention.
0: Absolutely. So. The, the most powerful statement we can make is to show up for ourselves. But this does not mean we are against anybody else. People think, people often think that power means power over someone else. Power is always internal and radiating outward. It doesn't seek to dominate over anyone else. It doesn't ask to, you know, be given special treatment or be entitled to anything. True power is just the silent inner knowing and claiming of our own voice. That's true power.
1: I love that. And it goes hand in hand with the concept of we're not in competition with each other. Right. Because, Like you very rightly said, you don't have to be yourself by dominating or beating someone else up, you know, in inverted commas. It's being yourself in itself is going to generate that power that people listen. Because people won't be threatened by you in, unless they have an issue in themselves. People will Absolutely. be drawn to you when you are yourself. So it's Absolutely. enhancement versus competition. We just live in a world that's just too competitive as well. And that's really, that goes against our human nature.
0: Yeah, especially us women. We are, we are designed to be cooperative. We are designed to be communal. And to live in this toxic world of competition is eroding us. And the sad part is that we're giving into it and we're competing with each other, which doesn't serve any one of us women. If the only way we women can serve each other and our children is when we uphold each other, when we e- elevate each other. And we should celebrate our aging and celebrate our beauty just as we are, but instead we're trying to out-beauty each other and out-compete with each other.
1: Is there something interfering with your happiness always preventing you from achieving your goals? I know this happens to me, even though I work in the field of mental health. And I find it incredibly helpful to talk to someone I trust when I find myself in the stuck place. Indeed, one of the best things about our society today is that we can access professional help at the click of a button. If we need to talk to someone about what we are going through, we don't even have to leave the house. This is why I love and recommend BetterHelp to everyone that asks me. They are an amazing company that can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist so that you can start communicating in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. They also have a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. And their services are available for clients worldwide. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash DrLeaf. That's better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I am proud to say that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and cleaning up the mental mess listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com forward slash Dr. The link and offer details are in the show notes. If we want to be healthier mentally and physically, one of the best things we can possibly do is get several hours of quality sleep every night. The brain and body heal itself when we sleep. It really is one of the most amazing processes, even if you're not conscious when it happens. But I know it's hard to get good quality sleep sometimes. Your mind keeps you awake, life is stressful, and there are often a hundred anxious reasons why you can't fall asleep at night. Thankfully, there are also ways we can improve our sleep quality and overall health, including taking magnesium. Believe it or not, around 75% of people don't have enough magnesium. No wonder so many people have sleep problems. But please do not run to the store to buy the first magnesium supplement you find. Most magnesium supplements use only the two cheapest synthetic forms. And since they're not full spectrum, they won't support better sleeping habits. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium, and you must get all of them if you want to experience its calming, sleep-enhancing effects. That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bio-Optimizers. Simply take two capsules before you go to bed, and you'll be amazed at how much better you sleep and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to www.magbreakthrough.com forward slash LEAF and use Dr. LEAF 10 during checkout to save 10% on your order. The link and details will be in the show notes. That's cancellation. If you look at two waves in the sea and they come under each other, they enhance. But if you compete, they cancel each other. And that's what society is doing. You're talking about getting the waves on top of each other, enhancement which yes. is a quantum physics principle, which is a yes. brain principle. You get more intelligent when you enhance each other. And yes. I always say to people, when you were saying this, it reminded me of a phrase that I always say to people that I've researched over the years, and that's that there's something you can do that no one else can do. And if we as women can just step into that, it's, then we recognize, hey, you're not a threat to me. you actually an enhancement to me because what you can do is going to enhance me. But we train to think I've got to be this to keep that one happy. and. If I am myself, then I've got to compete with someone else to beat them. It's so distorted. It's such a distorted perception and it's really affecting men and women, but it really affects women because of the other layer of how we're supposed to be good.
0: Absolutely. And these are the very sneaky ways that we are playing our role to keep the patriarchy solid, the toxic patriarchy solid. When we women compete with each other, we're actually injecting the toxic patriarchy with steroids.
1: Wow, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> when we
0: diminish each other, that's exactly how the toxic patriarchy stays in place. When we women support each other and stand up for our sisters, then the patriarchy will topple. So it really is is incumbent on us to rise up and hold each other, be strong, be interconnected, and really see ourselves as get, holding each other's back, standing up for each other and, and that's the dissolution of the patriarchy. That's what will lead to it. Not competing with each other because that makes the other side stronger.
1: It does. Oh gosh, you've raised such a vitally important point. I hope everyone who hears this really gets this because it's, it's vital for the progression of humanity. You know, we've really reached such such states of discontent and, and arguments and fighting. And that's not, that's not what, it's not human. It's not decent humanity. You know, right. and as women, we, if, if, we, you can't have half the half of male, female, you can't have this this thing carrying on because this distortion is totally toxic. It's yes. created an imbalance. So we yes. have to restore the balance.
0: Yes, absolutely. So this this book, A Radical Awakening, is inspiring for women. It takes them on their own personal journey and it teaches them how they can be supportive of other women and how to not see anyone outside as a threat or as the conduit of their worth. This book is about women taking their power back and really getting in touch
1: with their inner wisdom. I love it. Thank you so much for writing it. Thank you so much for your wisdom and for making it so simple and clear, giving people the language, the framework to say, hey, am I doing that? You know, I know you've put that question in everyone who's listening's head and men should read this too. I know that was one of the questions we got asked on the live the other day. Definitely Mm -hmm. men should read this because you need to be supportive of, of this change as well. You know, we work yes. on it together. So that's fantastic. So thank you for writing this book. Where can people get hold of the book and where can they find out more about you and follow you? Well, they
0: can get the book anywhere where books are available and they can find me at drshefali.com. D-R for doctor and S-H-E-F-A-L-I.com. Thank you so much for all that you do and for having me here with your listeners.
1: It's meant a lot to me. Oh, well, it's been amazing talking to you. and. And I love what you do and I am so happy to talk and share and enhance you for your wonderful work that you're doing. So thank you for joining me today.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself,